So Kozani, welcome back. I just wanted to do a quick note Q&A on setting up altars um, just because I want to be able to just send this link to people when they need it. And um, also because I, I generally speak about setting up altars in a very general way because one, I'm speaking from people of many different backgrounds and perspectives, as well as I just know that altars are a very personal thing. Um, but with beginners, they kind of, we all need um, a little bit of more of a push or a, a framework to work from. So I'm recording this for you. All right, so here are my guidelines. First, I wanna say that there's a difference between altars and shrines, or at least there can be in certain circles and spaces. Um, an altar is something that is very personal. A shrine is something that is usually specific to a certain lineage or specific spirit. And I'm just mentioning this because a shrine is what there's a lot of protocols and rules around. Um, an altar is something that is very personal and there's a little bit more space for creativity and expression, you know, with these guidelines, of course. So the first thing about setting up an altar is just choosing a space, whether that be um, a space on the ground in your room, whether that be on a table, whether it be a box that you have that you open and close and interact with. Um, it can be anything and you kind of have to just get a sense of your space and your lifestyle what is doable. It doesn't have to be this elaborate thing that you see in pictures online because you know you live in a small space or you're in between spaces or you're traveling. There are things like traveling altars as well. Um, so it's really about just choosing a space first that works for you. Alt altars can exist indoors or outdoors, but because of the times that we live in and the habits and the practices that we're doing, it makes more sense to have it indoors, in a room and in a space where you have some kind of privacy. So when you're getting ready to set up your altar for the first time, it can be helpful to set that intention to let your ancestors know, hey, I'm getting ready to do this. I talk about in one of my blog posts about, you know, alerting our ancestors before you do something, invite them into what you're getting ready to do and ask them to guide you in the way that you're arranging this, um, this space that is for them. When it comes to setting up the altar, you can you want to make sure that the space is clean, right? So this table is physically clean and also spiritually clean. So using a cleansing um, element like um, an incense or something like a Florida water to just wipe and clean and um, smoke the space to uh, you know clear it spiritually. Uh, then you want to decide on what elements or what things you're going to put on your altar. Generally, um, it's the basic is either keeping the space, the, the table bare, <clears throat> excuse me, or putting a white cloth or a cloth that is sacred to you on top of it. And then placing things such as the four elements or just to honor all of the five elements. Um, everything in the universe exists between air, water, fire, and ether, and it is a reflection of all of us. So you can place things that represent the air, 
incense and feathers. You can place things that represent the earth, plants, rocks, crystals. You can place things that represent water, an actual glass of water, or um, shells and things that come from the waters. Um, you can place things like fi- uh, to represent the fire, like candles. Um, you can place things like a sacred book that you like to read and that has always been a companion of yours. You can add things like symbols of anks or the mandalas of chakras to represent the things in your field that you're working towards and that inspire you. You can place an item that's like a, a family heirloom, something that your grandfather or your grandmother or this family member had that allows you to remember and honor them. Whether Whatever it is that you commit to putting on your altar, just make sure that you're committed to taking care of it. Because if you do put a plant on there, you want to make sure that you know you water it regularly. If you do put water on there and it starts to wither, you want to clear and replace it so that your water is always clear, so that your intentions are always clear um, and the things that you're calling in can, can travel through those portals. <clears throat> Um, You can place things, more examples, um, like statues and sculptures or other spiritual tools that you use that you want to be energized by the energy of your ancestors. So if you have a crystal necklace that you love to wear, you can place it on your altar there um, just so that it's energized and say your intention around it and then begin to wear it. Um, it's good to have something on the altar that also rep- just represents spiritual protection, whether that's a picture of a certain angel that really helps with protection, or whether that's sprinkling salt at the corners of your altar to bring in the energy of protection. Um, all you all before, on a regular basis, you just want to. Um, Just like you keep your space, your house clean, you want to keep your altar clean. And especially before you do anything new, before you make a new request, um, before you do a new ritual, um, you want to make sure that it's clean and clear as much as possible. Um, Now I want to talk about just interacting with your altar. Um, The first thing is communication. So, um, you know, I have this article on my blog about how I communicate with the ancestors if you want more storytelling around this, but you want to say your name and who you're speaking to. Name the names of ancestors that you know of and that you want to honor. Um, You can express your gratitude. You can express um, the questions that you have. You can talk about your day just like you talk about your day with people in life about how you're feeling about work, about what you're noticing in your romantic relationships, about what it is that you want to learn or what it is that you want them to clarify. You know, I had this dream. Can you tell me more about what it means? You know, you showed me this or I would like to know who my spiritual guides are. Can you speak to me? Communication can also come in the form of reciting a sacred prayer like um, a Proverbs or a Psalms from a sacred book. Um, It can look like singing a sacred song, a church song, a traditional song, a medicine song. Um, Whatever it is that is resonating with you to begin to have this conversation and this interaction and this engagement, it can be helpful to also just look at what, how does your mother pray or um, meditate or um, set intentions. How does did your grandfather pray? Even though they may have been religious or not into African spirituality and never had an altar, you may be able to translate the way that they do things into how you're interacting with your altar because that's where your ancestors came through. 
you know, um, and maybe a source of inspiration for you. The last thing that I want to say before I close is that your uh, um, this uh, well, the other thing that I'll say is offerings. Um, so you offer your words and you offer um, actual petitions or and prayers, but you can also offer um, physical things and physical elements. You know, you can offer more candles, specific candles with colors that resonate with the intention that you're making. Um, you can offer foods that your family members cooked for many generations and that you already know your ancestors like. Um, you can offer certain herbs. You can offer a lot of different things. Um, certain drinks that you know family members liked whether that was gin whether that was juice whether that was water whether that was coffee um and you know you can start to learn about things like candle workings and um working with plants and things of that nature but it's also important to just keep in mind even though there's this information about what the white candle means and what the green candle means um there's nothing wrong with that information it's just sometimes the way that we react to that information can um just cause some resistance because you know you also want to always ask your ancestors well what candle do you want from me you know or 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 can i share to represent you you know what should I be doing with my altar? It's not just about what I have to say or what, what somebody else has to say, but that for you to continually open up to what your ancestors have that is specific to you. When you start to interact with your altar, you're making these offerings daily or weekly. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Again, it can be simple. Um, you want to notice, you know, as you're breathing in meditation and, and listening um, as much as talking, right? Um, you want to pay attention over time to the changes that you notice in your life or the intuitions that start to strengthen or the dreams that start to reveal themselves to you. And all of this is a part of the conversation and the response that they're giving to you. Um, so you want to record that and notice the evolution. Um, the last thing that I'll say is that altars can be, um, you can have dedicated altars, just like you're dedicating an altar to your ancestors. You can have a separate altar that's just for communicating with this one angel or an altar that's just a crystal grid that's helping you work with the energy of the quartz to clarify things in your life or an altar that's specific to the womb healing that you're doing at this time. All of these guidelines are ways for us to infuse ritual or the repetition of activities that are conscious and helping us on our journey. This is why I say that it's very personal. I'm bringing these things up as guidelines, as examples, and as ways to navigate this space um, as you continue to grow and learn more things around what all of this means. Sometimes people ask, well, what should I definitely not do? Um... It's kind of a hard question to answer because I don't know what you're over there thinking about doing. Um, but we live just in very different times. And um, usually an altar or a shrine would be something that is its own private space or its own private hut or its own private room. So it's not like there would be a lot of other activities happening there. Like it wouldn't be like, you know, a party um, or 
I don't know what everybody does, but, and I have no judgments, but just be conscious of that. Be conscious of what other things you do in that room or in that space. And um, I also want to say that, you know, be responsible because if you are someone that has an issue, for example, with alcohol, you don't have to give your ancestors alcohol. You can give them water, you can give them juice, you can give them coffee. There's a number of other things that human beings have consumed. And it's important to also just keep in mind that all of this, even though we're saying we're offering it to the ancestors, it's all for you. Yes, it's all to help you navigate. It's all to help you connect. It's all to help you interact with everything in the universe. Um, Some things... I'm just trying to think about some other things that you definitely don't want to do. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's just, this is enough framework and enough guidelines. And um, I guess what you don't want to do is, yeah, what you don't want to do is just automatically copy and like a theater redo something just because you saw somebody else doing it yes we learn through observation but sometimes people are doing things for a very specific reason that they're not saying or that you didn't even ask about so I don't recommend just watching a video about something and seeing a priest do something and then automatically thinking that you should do it too let yourself be guided your ancestors will show you I don't care if it takes a week or it takes 10 years, they will show you. So trust that.